and welcome to the USMC podcast. That's Uncle Sam's Marketing Channel. And today I'm joined with Jeff Sabins. Jeff, it's great to have you here. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on here. <laughs> That's great. So uh, Jeff's kind of a kind of a unique guy. Um, I know this this podcast is normally about you know Marines and marketing uh, specifically, but you know I I just wanted to to take some time to highlight a great organization. Um, and you know when when you're a when you're a self starter and you're an entrepreneur, you uh, you do a lot of marketing in that sense. Uh, you know because again marketing is kind of a general term and. Um, so I just thought it'd be great to have Jeff come on here, tell his story, and uh, I thought maybe we'd have some fun. So, Jeff, what makes you tick? Yeah, man, I was surprised that you, uh, when you reached out to me the first time, I said, marketing, you like, you sure you want me on here? <laughs> but yeah, man, it all, I agree completely, but uh, yeah, man, like I'm a, I'm a fully like learn from experience, um, I don't do a bunch of research up front. Like I try, see what works and then, and then go from there. And I've definitely had my failures and I've had, you know, a little bit of success in some things, but I've, I've quickly learned that marketing, like you said, it's not, it's not just a specific term, but it's everything and it, and it means everything. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying not to fall into the same trap of the same exact format going forward and that sort of thing. But, you know, we, we kind of have to do, a blast to the past here to figure out, you know, where you got to where you are. Um, what, what, you know, what was the, the point, you know, was it in the Marine Corps? Was it after the Marine Corps that, that maybe made you think like this is something that you wanted to do? Yeah. So I, I mean, I joined the Marine Corps straight out of high school, like graduation day, across the stage in the car and like going to boot camp. So there was no time to, to think about anything. And, you know, boot camp, SOI, finish SOI, came home for Christmas like the next week after SOI, and then within, you know, two weeks, I was headed to Fallujah. So everything from the very get-go was just super fast for me. So the first five years was just fight, 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 you know, bunch of deployments. And then once I got to take a breather, went to a new unit, I quickly realized that the long-term plan wasn't Walmart hiring a machine gunner to man the rooftops. You know, like, I had to figure something out because, yeah, like, fighting battles is one thing, but it's not uh, it's not a lifetime sustainable goal uh, in, in any sort of life, you know? So, I, uh, I quickly, quickly started pursuing you know, different things to help me achieve, you know, what I'm trying to go for now. And, and, um, I think very early on, once I got, you know, I, I first wanted to be a professional writer, like long-term always wanted to be a writer. I went and got my bachelor's in intelligence studies and used that to write my first book. Uh, but then, you know, after a while I quickly turned from, okay, well, in order to be a good writer, you have to know good business. And, and that's where I learned a lot of my failures up front was the, the first book I published was, you know, like lots of fin friends and family went after it, but you know, I had no idea how to market myself or to sell this book. And that's when I, you know, went for my masters in organizational leadership and got into business. And that's when a whole new world of what business and, and being an entrepreneur means and, 
fell in love very, very quickly. And my, the whole last 10 years of my career in the Marine Corps was, was shaped to that. Like I knew when I retired, I wanted to open a business. So you, did you write that book while you were still in? I did. I did. So, you know, I've always been an advocate for like the enlisted versus the officer type thing. And I always was the guy that said like, you know, enlisted, um, there's a lot more to, than just being, you know, the sidekick, you know, you can, you can, you can do whatever you want to be, do, do whatever you want to do, be whatever you want to be. And I, I quickly wanted to brand that image of, you know, being a Marine 24 seven was what they preached after you took off uniform, went home, you know, you're still a Marine like all that stuff. But I, I wanted to show there's more than just that. There's more than just being a really great Marine. Um, and I, you know, as a machine gunner, I wanted to learn my craft and really hone in my craft and study the Bible and learn the math and know that kind of stuff. But then it just went a step further. And I, and I realized like once you got to that point and you spent all the extra time learning how to be like a really great machine gunner, there was all that time left over. Right. So that's when it's like, okay, well, what else can I do with my life? So I started writing a book, help my wife open a business, kind of, realize that being a Marine 24 seven was great and all, but there's a lot more than just that. Uh, and, and a lot more you can achieve if you just, you know, keep grinding. Right. So, so, uh, if you, if you could give us a, like a quick, uh, proof of what that book is, that is it about your experiences in combat? What, you know, is it, is it more of like a, uh, a business type, you know, instruction no, type? Let me reach over here real quick and grab one. I just happen to have one yeah, right here. <laughs> I happen to have a whole bunch sitting next to me. But yeah. So what I wanted to do, again, like my, even my business now, and I had a meeting with my media director today, uh, my goal in everything I do is to be completely different in every aspect. I just want to be unique and different and not follow trends. You know, so uh, I take great, like um, Echo and Ramadi great book uh great great story like love that whole concept but i really wanted to get away from writing about my experience in something that i wasn't done with yet you know at the time i'd gone i'd done uh went to fallujah and karma did the battle ramadi did a 20 sec did the 20 second mew went to afghanistan to marja but I still had more left in me and I didn't want to just start and write a, a, a book about my story if, if my story wasn't done. So what I did is write a fiction novel based on experiences and using that to throw in some facts in there. But I, I just really wanted to do a novel or a fiction novel series of, you know, I can do whatever I want to do and put whatever I want in this book and, I just don't care if you if you believe it or not because it's it's fake. You know, it's a fiction novel. <laughs> you know, exactly. So I, I I did base it off like a a concept that I had always thought about, and you know, as a young marine and, and thinking about things was like, uh, you know, if I'm on and I'm again a machine gunner, always been in the mobile section, always been in a turret or or a vehicle commander spot. But um, if I was on a foot patrol and I was the last dude in that patrol and I got snatched up by the enemy. You know, like some movie you're going to watch. Of course, there's a dozen movies like that. You know, what would I do to survive? And I thought about, well, I could feed them a bunch of crap and 
and give them some false information and make them trust me. And then I infiltrate their struck, you know, all that crazy stuff. And then I wrote a book about it. So that's exactly what this is about. It's about, you know, a, a Marine infiltrating a terrorist organization and how he went through that whole concept and, and came out the other side towards the end with, with of course some, some unseen twists throughout. And, and I just wanted to have fun with it, man. Like I didn't want to, follow a structure and do things the way I was supposed to do. I just wanted to have fun, which is probably why I didn't sell a bunch of them. Right. So I just went, went, <laughs> went on a whim and just did my thing. Well, I guess you needed a little bit more, more marketing at that point, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, when did you go in and when did you get out? So, what you know, when did you begin your journey as a Marine and when did you end it? Well, I know we never really ended, but you know, yeah, so uh, June of '04 is when I went in, and then I retired. Um, retired for heart family hardship, August first, two thousand twenty-one. So just over seventeen years. So you're fresh out, man. Yeah. Yep. So May first, <laughs> I went on terminal. Um, had a couple months while I was still active duty, getting paid and, and working some business stuff, and then August first, like I went all in. Well, cool. So tell me about your, this venture that you're on. Yeah. So, uh, I've always done like freelance kind of writing and, and curriculum development and, and obviously use a little bit of, a little bit of skills and stuff that I've learned throughout the Marine Corps. Um, I went to Somalia in 2019, 2019, 2019 as a senior listed advisor for, uh, a small camp in, uh, that kind of really drove like if when you're the senior, like I'm the only active duty Marine other than, you know, a unit across the way, but the only, I mean, I got a bunch of, of AR Navy air force, just national guard, great dudes, great people, but not something I've never experienced before in my, in my life and having to logistically and operationally support all those different entities that I've never worked with before, it completely opened my eyes and, and completely reshaped everything I did in, in life, you know? And so, um, the last year I c contracted for a couple companies for, you know, operational stuff and revenue and helped grow production and, and learned a ton of stuff about business that I've realized I already knew we already learned that type of stuff of being of leaders in a military organization, but all you're doing is changing the words and what they're called, but the same mindset, the same concept applies. Yeah. So, and the other thing was, uh, at my retirement ceremony, I had this, this great kid, um, that I worked with while I was at Mar 4 com. Great, great Marine. He was a, he was an admin clerk for me for, for operations and training and just really smart, really great kid that I just, I truly enjoyed working around and, 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 you know, accomplishing the mission with. Well, then I, when I went to Somalia, he went up and he worked for the three star and was directly the admin, admin assistant and admin clerk for, for him. And obviously your, the deliverables and, and the, and the stuff you have to do for that level is high caliber. It has to continue being high caliber. Well, I've always kept in relationship with this guy and, and he got out of the Marine Corps and I went on to the next unit and then I retired and I invited him to my retirement ceremony. And I, 
I figured he was doing something great. He was he was just out there, you know, doing great things. I mean, the level he was operating at was was outstanding, and found out that he was working part time at Lowe's, just you know, getting by and and not really out there getting too much done out of that. And so that's when I shaped I shaped the whole company around that concept of hey, Marines, and not just Marines, but I've worked with the Navy, the Air Force, National Guards, reservists, active duty for the last four years that operate at high caliber and are really great at what they do, but just have a hard time translating that to organizations that don't realize like, hey, this this person here could really enhance your company. I mean, I helped a company within three months go from two million a year to fifteen million a year in revenue just by tweaking production stuff and and actually following up and going through data that got overlooked and and there's people everywhere that can do that but it's just very hard for them to explain that and and using using the stuff that they've done in the past to showcase that and i've i've come to excel at taking stuff i've done in the marine corps for instance lean six sigma and doing projects for certain things and and something that every Marine likely does, but I, I was able to turn that into a document and hand it to the company and say, this is how I can make you better. This is, this is simple. Uh, and build a company around that concept. So you mentioned uh, Lean Six Sigma. Um, I think I saw that you have a certification in that. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Did that when I was in uh, mar 4 Com. something I didn't want to do. But but they, <laughs> but probably happy that you do it now. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, when I was with uh, Avery Dennison at the office products industry, uh, we're, the division. Sorry, <laughs> um, we uh, you know we we were manufacturers, but we we were able to take those Lean Six Sigma uh, tools and move them into the marketing departments. And, you know, we would have horizon projects and all that sort of thing based around, you know, new product offerings or, you know, new, uh, new channels of, of business, you know, uh, something that we hadn't done. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting how, how those, those, those things that started out just to handle, you know, manufacturing or production and manufacturing process improvement within like a, a plant, um, have been able to be you know adjusted to apply to really any kind of business and and that's one of the things that you know it's kind of cool when i'm talking to people about you know when they're transferring out of uh or you know transferring back to civilian life from the from the marine corps i mean those are great skills to to you know hone in on and highlight when they're when they're looking at and you know even when they go you know if they can go into the marketing um you know in the field of marketing and bring those lean six Sigma, you know, they'll realize that, that they're applicable to, you know, to their projects there. So it's kind of cool to, to see that the Marine Corps put a lot of focus on that. Uh, Cause I've talked to a few people recently that, you know, have those certifications and um, I just think it's a, it's, it's a great skill set to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure being at a three-star command had something to do with that. And, obviously gave us probably an advantage over most units, which is unfortunate. Uh, but we were even forced to do the, the full scale projects, lead projects, do the documentation and 
it's it was great for me to have after walking out the door, you know, and, and it's not just us, everything. I mean, mm-hmm. curriculum development. I went to a curriculum developers course while I was at SOI. Something that we use to to build the platforms for, for teaching uh, the future combat instructors when I was at McKick. I was able to get out and use that. Or actually, I was still active duty, and I was able to use that to develop a curriculum for um, a television show for AA, right? Like, they reach out to me through through Upwork. And, like, there's a television show out there now with a script with my name on it because I took a chance to say, hey, you know what, I can I can build you a, a curriculum and, and make it look professional. And, I mean, it's just all those school like senior instructor course, basic instructor course, like all that stuff is very – it seems like rudimentary to us in, in the military, and it's just a check in the box. But in all reality, on the other side, it's completely feasible to use that to your advantage and say, hey, like I've – I can get up in front of people and speak professionally and intelligently and get the point across. And when, when you, when you look around and, and some of the, some of the companies I've worked with, like you just don't have that all the time. There's just people aren't used to getting in front of people and talking to large groups. And those are skills that, that are great to to have, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you, um, so on your business model, um, it, it just, you know, bear with me if I, if I'm a little bit confused, are you guys more of like a consultancy where you, you know, present, uh, things to what kind of services do you offer? Uh, are you kind of a, a placement agency too? I, I'm just, so we, so the website's getting ready to go live today. I just talked to the, talk to the marketing team and whatnot about all that to really, get all the information out there, but basically we are an operational business service. So what I've noticed working at, um, at executive levels was with a few companies during my last year was finding people to do the work and do the work right the first time or quickly. It's very hard. I mean, we went through four different revenue managers to, to deliver a PL, like a PL, like it's so simple. Like if you keep up with the data, you can hit a button that prints off a P a PL that could be done in 10 seconds. If you keep up with the data. Well, we had people that couldn't produce a PL for four weeks and you lose tons and tons of, of avenues and stuff like that when you can't get timely deliverables. Uh, so I quickly learned that there are certain positions that you don't need to pay a full-time employee to do 40 hours a week that especially startups who can't afford to to pay $45,000, $55,000 a year for a revenue manager but can't afford to pay a service like mine to where they pay a flat rate fee which I guarantee will always be lower than hiring a full-time employee and then we offer every single service that's on my website and it's on my on my page for that price. So it's not like I'm going to do three weeks of administrative and revenue services for you. And then you want someone to look over data and me say, oh, it's going to cost you another Like, no, like I'm here to help companies because the goal would be if I can help a company, a startup company for six months, um, with, with my team of all, so I only hire veterans on my team, so it's an all-veteran operated company. Um, if I can help that startup company after six months 
with these veteran operational services and help them grow, maybe that'll turn in them finding an, or, or, or finding and hiring a full-time veteran to fill that role because they've seen how great veterans can operate and, and what kind of what kind of work they can do. Uh, and additionally, everything I do is from a remote basis. So uh, I, I knew right off the bat, so 10 years ago, actually this month, 10 years ago, you know, my two-year-old son, uh, that we found a brain tumor um, in his skull the day of the, of the Marine Corps ball. Had to go through three different brain surgeries, tons and tons of just work. Still to this day, there's tons of therapies and tons of services. So I knew when I got in the Marine Corps, it was my turn to come home and, and help my family and be with my son and, and help my son, you know, grow and, and get through the challenges that he faces every day. You know, my wife was going through 24, hour, 24 hours of therapies with him a week at one point. So I knew I wanted to be able to be at home with my family and still show that these, these, this type of services and this type of work can be done at a high level and high caliber. And when I first retired uh, on terminal, I was working with a company that I was driving two hours a day to, or two hours to, to get there and two hours back. You know, because I live up in the mountains, so I had to drive to a city to get a get a good, you know, executive-level job. I was going to work every day, spending four hours on the road and, and getting stuff done. And after about, you know, a month, I said, hey, I have to be home with my, with my child. And, and I just, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I wanted to do after I retired. I didn't, I didn't want to retire to, to more work and more stress. And they, they said, yeah. Go ahead, do everything you do, but from home. And within, you know, two weeks, Sarah said, hey, you know, I'm, we're glad we did this. We're actually getting more work and more proficiency out of you because you're not driving four hours a day and you're there not worrying about stuff. So that was another model that I wanted to, to have in my company was, hey, these people are at home with their families. They appreciate that because they just spent between four and 20 years and or, or greater not being with their families they can be home with their family and produce high caliber work. And we show it every day. I, I guess it was, it's, it's a, a positive uh, thing that came out of the pandemic because it forced a lot of companies to embrace uh, remote technologies. Uh, and I think it not, not necessarily just, just to as a safety precaution, but going forward uh, it forced companies to upgrade their systems. It, it forced them to spend that money that they they were saying, ah, maybe four years down the road, you know, we'll need to do this. And wouldn't it be cool if we did that? And um, I think a lot of them are finding, you know, I, the agency I, I, I've been uh, consulting with, uh, they gave up their 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 uh, brick and mortar because you know then you're, now you're not looking at utilities, you're not you're not looking at rent, all of that sort of thing. So your overhead goes down and. Uh, you can spend more time uh, again with your family. Like I roll out of bed and go right into work, and uh, you know, it, it's it's um, it's a lot less stressful. You're not sitting, you're not you're not wasting hours of your day just sitting in a car, uh, and then stressing about getting there on time and you know, getting back and forth. So, no, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a great thing, um, and the, and the fact that, um, you know, we're getting to a point where. I think that a large majority of, of the, the work is being done electronically. I mean, obviously, if, you, if you're a mechanic or you've got a machine, you're working on those things and that sort of thing. But 
but there's so much, there's so much, I guess, um, uh, soft work that if you want to say versus hard work <laughs> that gets done to these days in the cloud that, you know, it's, it's, it's very helpful. Well, yeah. And even like, take a look at, at current contracting companies who are general contractors and, and construction and, you know, the ones that are accepting the CRM digital digital marketplace and, and digital content, they're the ones that's getting all these lead generations and, and turning their conversion rates are much higher. Uh, instead of instead of just waiting on phone calls that come in through their brick and mortar shop. I mean, once once they start accepting that and, and it's happening all over the place, I'm seeing companies who were companies who were basing off of word of mouth and, and phone calls coming through in these small towns and they've gone to a lead generation with a CRM attachment are just tripling their revenue within, within weeks. I mean, it's just, it's insane how that stuff is helping everybody out and, you know, Google my business and the, all that stuff is just, it's great. You know, like my website's not even live and I've, received three leads today and I still can't figure out how they got my number. That's <laughs> just, that's crazy. <laughs> that's technology's out of control. Yeah. There's, they, they find ways to do that. you know, Google, um, is doing a lot of interesting changes, uh, within its ads platform, um, specifically with new extensions and that sort of thing. So, um, uh, and with, with the Google, my business platform, I mean, it's, that's really becoming, uh, the new website for everybody, which is kind of scary. You know, it's, it's like, yeah. you know, you, you, you have, you, you still spend all of that, that, that capital into building a great website and, you know, three, you know, if you look at the traffic, three fourths of it kind of just stops at your Google, my business page yeah, <laughs> and then absolutely. you get a phone call, you know? Yep. So, um, in some cases it's actually, and, and, and again, you're, you're, you're using those robust, um, uh, analytics that, that are built into those, pro those platforms that you don't have to really kind of interpret with like, say the analytics or whatever you're, 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 you're serving on your, on your website. Um, and you know, they all, they all kind of link together. I mean, uh, phone, you know, directions, phone calls, you know, website from, from the clicks and that sort of thing. So, uh, it, it's kind of, it's, it's really kind of interesting where that's going on. <laughs> the Facebook on the other hand is, still such a pain in the butt to to deal with and you know it's gonna be interesting to see where where this whole uh this whole new corporate structure that they're going to is how that's gonna affect you know businesses yeah and it's it's crazy to i mean some of these companies i work with and, and they got a great website like really high performing great data great great turnover and and they don't have they've never claimed their Google my business and they wonder why when someone searches for their service, they don't pop up, you know, and that's just, it's, it's just insane. I think, I think part of the problem is the social media was, was so great. You know, Facebook was, was giving so many leads and so many sales when people started figuring that out. But now everybody does that. You have to do, you have to do everything well. Now you can't just pick one thing and be great at it. You have to be great as, as much as possible on all platforms. It can't just be Angie's list anymore, you know? Right. And well, that's, that's something else that, you know, it's, it's funny they say Angie's list because it, it kind of ties in with what I was just about to say. Um, you know, there's another service that Google has that's not 
as well known. And even when you're looking for it, it's tough to find. Uh, you have to actually search for it unless you have it bookmarked or you know the, the web address. But um, the local services ads from Google is, is kind of an interesting thing. Now, not everybody apply, uh, uh, you know, um, not everybody qualifies to be portion of them. But, you know, for service companies, like it's strange, like, you know, HVAC, right? Or uh, attorneys for all things, right? So it's it's actually a um, it's a it's an ad platform within Google that's sort of like that Angie's List because you have to you have to you have to be screened. It's, it's Google verified, Google screened. Uh, you get that special designation, and and those ads actually pop up even on top of Google ads right at the top of the page. So it's it's like when you have that map pack or that you know the 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 uh, uh, ad ad spots, you know, it's 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 right at the top. It's the Google screen, then it's ads, and then it's the map pack. So, you know, the it's it's really interesting how they're doing it. But they're it's they're really kind of taking over um, all the channels there. You know, all the touch points. Yeah, and and the moment we all accept that that's probably going to be the way for the next six months to twelve months, and it's going to change again. That's when we're all gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep keep up with it because it's just. <laughs> I mean, once everybody keeps figuring this stuff out, it's just going to keep changing, and the algorithm's going to. I mean, look at LinkedIn. You could have, yeah. you know, a year ago, you could have had twenty of your buddies comment on your post, and you would have been a viral post. You know, so they had to change it. You know, because people were figuring that stuff out. Right. Yeah, it's it's um, it's funny you say that because you know I was I always joke to people that aren't Marines that you know we also have a, you know we have another. Uh, saying in the Marine Corps, it's separate Gumby, you know, being always flexible. And yep. so, yeah, it's, it's, that's one thing that I think, you know, Marines and, and other uh, service veterans uh, have, uh, have an advantage of. It's just, you know, you never know what was coming next, you know? So you just had to be a lot, uh, you know, ready to pivot and move on to whatever new, new mission has come along. And the same thing comes with business and marketing. You know, you got to be able to be, uh, you have you have to your ears and eyes and open. You got to be uh, have your head on a swivel for new trends and technologies, and and be able to adapt to them, and you know be be an early uh, adopter of them, and then you know you'll be successful that way. Yeah, I remember when uh, my wife opened up an Etsy shop years ago. I mean, just years and years ago when it first was first started becoming a thing, and I never could figure out like what is going on, man. Like I'm putting in the right words and. And I spent a ton of money on SEO training, like learning about SEO. And like you ask people about that now, no one cares about SEO no more. Like it's a great thing. Like SEO is, is something you need to know and understand. But there's 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 people that are gonna tell you like, Hey, that's not the priority no more. You need to focus on this instead and you know, it's just always getting ready to learn the new thing and, and be ready to adapt. Yeah, I mean, I think websites, honestly, um, the I, I don't see them really being the source of of traffic. You know, it's really going to be social media because we're just so in touch with everybody all the time. I think I think websites uh, are are destined to be kind of like the 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 archive or the you know the uh, file form a uh, file cabinet. You know, it's it's. Even even websites today, you have to design them with just really quick, you know, 
cape uh, CTAs and that sort of thing, you know, like get their attention for like two seconds. And if you don't, you know, their balance rates are like through the roof these days. And, and I see that across the board for a lot of the clients that I work with, you know, people were like, Oh, I got, you know, they, before it used to be like, Oh, I got 35,000 visits to my page. And I'm like, yeah, well, what your bounce rate now is like 85%. You know, <laughs> people see one page, they don't, you know, you don't, they don't scroll past the, the top 25% and then they're gone. And, um, you know, you still got people out there that want to, build their website with their entire menu on one page and you know oh i've got to be i've got to have all this for seo and yeah i mean you get you get to have you know pertinent content to be to be indexed properly with your search engines but at at the same time these days people aren't really going to read all this stuff unless they really you know unless it's a blog um your pillar pages are are you know really quick in and outs these days yeah and i think that's exactly exactly the concept that a lot of companies need to need to start focusing on is data and, and CTAs, right? Like I don't know how many people I see like one week they're, they're wanting people to follow their LinkedIn profile. And then the next week they want people to go to their website. And then the next week they want people to go to their, like have a plan and then follow that plan and then look at the data and see if it's working. I don't know how many times, like when I first work with a company, I want to spend like two weeks going through as much data and see as much information as I can so we can figure out what's going on. And I don't know how many times we're, you know, they're, they're paying for ads. They're like, oh, they say we got to pay for ads. And the more you pay, you know, 10% is the magic number and this and that. But like, <laughs> yeah, but you spent $10,000 in a zip code that doesn't even have any of your customer demographics. And you haven't got yeah. any sales from that in the last two years. I mean, that's doesn't matter how great your... CTAs are how great your SEO is or how beautiful your website is. I mean, if there's no one there to buy your stuff, stop spending money for people to see it. Yeah. I mean, it really comes, people don't, I don't think, I don't think companies this day, well, they didn't in the past either. They don't spend enough time uh, developing their, their, their customer personas or their buyer personas. And, you know, even to the point where, you know, when I consult with people and I said, you know, you know, who's your, uh, do you have any buyer personas? Do you have any customer personas? And they're like, what is that? I'm like, well, who's your ideal customer? I mean, you know, for your, for your, if you're a B2C or you're a B2B, I mean, what, you know, if, if it was a perfect world, you know, do they, do they, you know, live here? Do they have so much money? Whatever it is, you know, you, you have all of this data coming in and you have all of these you know, touch points where you can gather that data and put it together, but people don't take the time to, uh, to do all that work, you know, and it's just, I think it's lost opportunity and wasted effort to, um, to have all these things in place and to do absolutely nothing with them. Yeah. And it's, and it's a very simple process that you learn the hard way in, in the Marine Corps and the military that works everywhere. And it's, does the benefit outweigh the risk? a simple concept right like does the benefit outweigh the risk well you don't know that you can't just make that stuff up in your head if you don't have the data to see what the benefit is and what the risk is you can't make those decisions and i think a lot of people and i love coaching i love that concept i think it's great i think groups of, of business owners and and people together become everyone becomes better like i I do the Dave Ramsey uh, coaching. I love working with those people. I love all their events. Um, but I think sometimes 
and I'm not saying that the Ramsey group does this or all coaches do this, but sometimes people hear something from a coach and they take it as gospel and they try to go do and get the benefit without doing the work behind it. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and you see that a lot because one coach will tell you one thing and one coach will tell you another thing. And, and quite frankly, what the coach's job is is to get you to start thinking about stuff and then make your own informed decision. If a coach tells you, Hey, go spend $15,000 on ads right now. And you'll be, you'll be rich in two months. And that's not a good coach, right? Like it, you need to be given information and make an informed decision. And you can only do that by looking at your data, not the data of the people around you. You can compare yourself to those data, but without looking at your data and knowing, you know, what's my, what's my sales, what's my sales rate? What's my, you know, what's my closing rate? How many leads am I getting per, I mean, even looking at, how much am I paying for Angie's list and what's my return? How much am I paying for home advisor? What's my return? How much am I paying for you know, like all that stuff? If you're not looking at those numbers all the time and making small adjustments based off that, I just think you're setting yourself up for failure. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there and marketers out there that, that, you know, to your point are, are more focused on, um, you know, those, you know, what are the competitors doing? How are you doing? Can you competitors? And they don't spend enough time on, differentiating their brand you know uh i mean there are a lot of uh industries out there where people have the same you know the da- the same uh type of service i mean the auto in- industry is a great example and i i think that honestly that 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 industry has gotten a little stale because our our consumer behavior and our consumer uh needs and wants we're getting so spoiled with all the the new features and technology that um, you know I think they're having different difficulty differentiating themselves, and they're still adopting old tactics uh, to get our to get our our money you know our our bodies into their their dealerships. But I mean, there are, there's quite a few out there that are are that are changing the the molds that they're doing. But um, that's well, that's one of the things I, I think for any anybody in any industry. Um, they should spend a lot more time to your point, paying attention to their products and only, you know, when it comes to their competitors, how are they differentiating from their competitors? You know, how, you know, how are they making their products better? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a great points. And, and even some of my guys tell me I'm crazy sometimes, but that's like one of my goals is I always want to be different. What we do and stick to our plan. Right. And I don't know how many times I've had people tell me like, you're crazy. Like, why would you offer all of your services for one price and base it off of like, so I, again, like I've made mistakes and learned from coaches. So I always had, I had a one price of all services, for one price, take it or leave it. And it's a horrible idea. And I had to do tiered pricing. Well, one of the things they told me was do your tiered pricing and have some services available and have not have, have some of them not available. And I didn't want to do that. So I, I based it off of hours per month. You know, for 40 hours a month of these services, this is what you pay for 80 hours. But always offer all services plus more because I think the main goal for me is to show that we're here to help these companies and veterans can help these companies and vets have the skills to enhance startup businesses and make them better. And the only way I can do that is by actually taking care of the customer, t- 
taking care of the consumer and not trying to get every dollar I can out of them for every additional service, right? So I can't base my tiered pricing off of other companies because a lot of companies do it based off services. For these services, you pay this much. For these services added on, you pay this much more. And for this much, you know, I don't. I want to make sure that every person I work with knows, like, hey, you get access to everything. This is just how much I allocate a veteran to your service per month based off the tiered system. But let's just say you use this handful of services for four months and you decide you need some help with this. We're not going to sit here and say, well, we need to renegotiate, renegotiate our contract. It's going to be, all right, let's have a conversation to figure this out. How can I help you? Like that, and, and that's just where I want to be different at. I want to make sure that I'm helping. And, and I, and I truly like business, right? Like I, I enjoy seeing businesses grow. I like the world of business. I think it's a, a great world to be in and there's creative people everywhere and I love it. And I think that helps as well where, listen, listen, like I've, I've been through Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia. I have my purple heart. I have my wards. I have all that stuff. I've, I've lived what I've needed to live and do what I need to do. So it's not about, like I have my retirement now. I get my VA compensation. Like it's not about money for me. It's about accomplishing certain things and getting these veterans who have a hard time finding passionate work and help them find that. And at the same time, that helps businesses succeed. And then those businesses start preaching the same thing I'm preaching about other veterans. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, I would think probably, uh, and, and correct me if you're wrong, but I, you seem the kind of the guy that would be, you know, um, hoping that, that the guys that work for you leave, you know? Yeah. Because that means that you've developed them to a point where their their skill set is so sought after that they've got a, you know, they've got a great offer. You're, you're taking care of them now, but they're, they're going to be even t- taking care of you more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, again, another, another concept that people told me I was crazy. They're like, oh, you should, you should, uh, you know, evolve these veterans and, and get them all their skill sets. And then when a company wants them, charge them 15, like, no, charge them 15% of the compensation and get your, get your cut. Like, that's not the goal. I mean, obviously I want, you know, 15 to 30 days to, to help replace these veterans and, and get someone in there to help them out. But it's not like, okay, for you to get him, he's going to sign a contract that says a non-compete and you can't have them unless you pay it. Like, that's not the goal. Yeah. Yeah. The goal is uh, for you to leave my company, hire this dude to be your COO or gal to be your COO, and then I go get another veteran getting out because, quite frankly, there's no lack of veterans yeah. out there. They're everywhere, you know, so. And, and I think to your point, um, you know, with more virtual work and more uh, cloud-based opportunities, I really see that non-competition clause going by the wayside, you know, it's, you know, cause we're all so, di- we're so connected that, you know, I, I wouldn't sign one these days, you know, I mean, yeah. honestly, I, I'd sign an NDA in a heartbeat, obviously. And then, you know, I have the integrity that, you know, those are sacred and you just don't, you don't, you know, it's again, it comes down to your integrity, but a non-competition clause these days is like, that's, that's setting yourself up for, uh, early retirement without any pay. 
<laughs> because yep. you know what are you going to do when when everybody is you know is interconnected so yeah and, and i had to do some some real how to do how to do a lot of planning to get this figured out and and talk to a lot of people who are a lot smarter than me and you know what i don't want to do is go out there and charge twenty thousand dollars a month to to do these services and i wanted to make sure it was below the threshold of and and to be quite honest man like i'm providing monthly services and my tiers are are twelve hundred dollars twenty four hundred dollars and thirty two hundred dollars like lower two of those are lower than than minimum wage you know like of services you would pay and and in order for me to do that I have veterans that are working with three to five companies at a time. Like I used to do when I was active duty, I would work with three, four, five, because that way you can afford in the, in the, in the cost of cost of goods is now an affordable concept for, for these companies. Because again, the goal is to make them better. So if, if a company wants 40 hours a month to, of us doing all these operational daily services you know so maybe they just need someone part-time because they're a startup you know paying 11.99 a month that's, that's like eighteen thousand dollars a year like that's that's a steal for these guys but what would hurt me and let's put all my put all my fears out <laughs> in the open here is like if this guy's working that this guy or gal is working for four companies right because i want to make sure the veterans are taken care of and they're making they're making enough money to live off of. So in order for me to do that, they work for four or five. So that's why at 40 hours a month times four or five companies, that's very doable for a veteran to do that. If they were to leave tomorrow and go to a company, that would leave four other companies blindsided. So I have to put in stipulations to help with that. And it's not restrictions. It's, okay, we need oversight where oversight needs to be. So if somebody does get a great offer, we asked them very kindly for 15, 30 days, but you know, they can, they can tell, you no. they can say, Nope, sorry, I'm going tomorrow. I have to have stipulations in place to, to have someone fill that gap. So other companies don't suffer. And, and I think where some companies lack is just having that conver open conversation with these guys up front and say, Hey, I want to take care of you. This is what could put me in a bad spot. Let's just talk about it. And nine times out of 10, it always works out in my favor just to have an open conversation with these people and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Can we just talk about it and figure out a solution? And it always works out. So, I mean, you kind of have a, a, you really have a unique, uh, business model in a sense. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a service company and that sort of thing. Um, but I think you I think to your point how you you structure your uh, your your cost model and, and that sort of thing is is unique. Um, as a B two B company, how what are your main? How do you get your clients? What are the main uh, ways that you're you're doing this? With it is it with inbound? Is it with outbound strategy? Uh, what have you been done marketing wise to 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 get new clients? Yeah, so with with some of the companies I was I was consulting with uh, during my last year of uh, of active duty, I found this great company that started off as a contractor lead generation 
that evolved quickly to digital marketing and and they're called uh, it's called lead revenue and Brett Sutherland and his team have completely just completely taken this thing and and have just killed it they've, they've done a fantastic job and again it's, it's customer service right and so I called them up and, and pitched my idea to their CRO and within within minutes it was like yep we're all in like this is something we want to support we're all about veterans getting trying to trying to get these veterans out there and and let's figure out the best way to do this and they've taken the complete strategy and and just have ran with it and done fantastic and it's always calling me and looping me in and and asking me you know my thoughts and what do you think about this design and and basically it's they're they're taking over the google concept and they're incorporating all that into what they do and so they do all my social media for my business pages they do my google my business and they build and manage the website and the leads come through the google my business social media and uh, the website and so we just approved the launch was it 444 we just approved the launch of the website <laughs> hour and 45 minutes ago and so in the next yeah. three days it should be up and running and live and and I've I've worked with them with other companies before and the leads that come in like leads equate to sales but they're not automatically sales right, right. Like it takes what <laughs> we do with them you got to nurture them <laughs> people think like you're gonna 100 leads you're gonna make 100 sales like no you'll be lucky if you get 10 of those <laughs> like Right. But I have more like two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it is a vol- it is a volume game when it comes to lead generation. So absolutely, and so, and and I don't want to grow super fast with that, right? Like I don't want. Again, I, a lot of companies say sales, sales solves all your problems, and for some, for certain industries, that's true. For someone like me, it would crush me, right? Like I don't. I can't go from having right now I have five clients to 400 in next month. Like I wouldn't be able to sustain yeah. that. I have to control it and do it smart. And again, it's the data management, looking over the data, bringing people on at the right time. And, and again, being upfront and completely honest with people and let them know, like, Hey, we'd love to take you on. This is how we can help you. I need two weeks to onboard to really get this and do it right. Yeah. So to that point, I mean, do you, how, how do you handle the pipeline? Uh, I mean, do you, do you have a, an agency recruiting agency you work with now, or, um, is it, you know, through veteran networks and that sort of thing, or, uh, how, how, where do you find the talent, uh, most of the time? Yeah. So right now, uh, I do a lot of my talent through Vetrapreneur as the, the Stephen Kuhn and, and, uh, and Lane and those guys have a great organization and great group and, and I mean, that's 16,000 companies and veteran companies right there that are a go-to source and help. All you got to do is go on there and ask those guys, uh, th- that group and say, Hey, I'm looking for so-and-so can anyone help me out? And you have a hundred responses from the military community within minutes, you know? And so right. that, excuse me, that kind of helps me out, uh, with, with that concept. And right now, a lot of the stuff is, I do all the sales calls. I do, I work every day on with the companies and help fulfill the services as well. Um, again, like as a startup and trying to, trying to figure out what I want to do is 
figure out every operational procedure I can and work out the kinks before I start taking on a ton more clients. So uh, I I have I have benchmarks that I've set in, in mind for my team. So like a 15 company benchmark, then a 30 company benchmark, and then I never want to go above 300 clients. Um, I think like, <laughs> that's a lot of clients. <laughs> yeah, and. And some of these some of these companies I've worked with have in eighteen months are over six hundred clients from a startup, you know, and I see where the growing pains and I and I've worked directly with companies who have grown too fast and it put mm-hmm. them out of business. You know, there's so. a lot of that. There's a lot of that story, and and that that was that goes into my next question regarding that is. What, what are you seeing on an entrepreneur level when you're when you're talking to these these startups and and helping them with the service? What's the number one service that usually kicks them in the butt? Yeah, I think it's always the the marketing, uh, the the marketing service because a lot of startup companies are afraid to spend money, and I I one hundred percent. Am not preaching. Go out there and spend ten percent of all your inc- your annual revenue on advertising. By no means, because advertising without a plan is just wasted money. Um, but I do. I every so there's a six months time when when me and another partner were going through and and doing business acquisitions and helping buy these small companies who were failing and people wanted to get out and and help them get back on track. And every single one of them spent zero money at all on marketing and advertising. It was all word of mouth and this and that. And ten years ago, word of mouth was great, right? Like it, it did wonders. Uh, now people have the ability to Google whenever they want to, and right. nine times out of ten, whatever they Google, if they have good reviews and they're at the top, that's going to get the business, or or the call. They're going to get the call. Right. Yeah. I, there's some research that's been out there that's that uh, average average uh, searcher will read up to four uh, reviews before they'll contact a, a business. So, yeah, those those Google My Business reviews uh, or, you know, whichever social media platform that you're on, it's really important that you um, that part of that follow up with your clientele is is asking for those reviews, you know, not necessarily incentivizing them, but, you know, if, if nurturing the, if you, you've nurtured a company, uh, and, and you've provided them with great service, uh, most of the time they would be more than happy to, to leave that review for it. And, and it's, and it's, you know, I think it's just highly, uh, important that, that every company out there, uh, is on top of their reviews. And, and to that point, you know, part of the, um, part of that strategy is replying to the reviews. And even if they're negative, I mean, sometimes replying to those negative reviews are even more important than replying to the positive ones. Because um, if you show that you're truly interested in, in making a change, that's going to impact your customer, whether it's a consumer or whether it's a, you know, B2B client, uh, that goes a long way. You know, like I hear, you know, like I see your problem. I see the problem internally that you've pointed out. Thank you for that. We're going to make sure it gets changed. And it's not just lip service. You got to follow through and you got to make those changes to your operations to, to, you know, to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, I think another key part is the actual business doing the market research and knowing, having a plan, right? Like 
I'm not naive enough to think that once my website goes live, I'm going to get a hundred phone calls a day because people are, are searching and my business is popping up. I purposely went with lead revenue because they specialize in Google. And I know that the farther up that my name is on Google, obviously the, the more chances I'll have for leads. But at the same time, I completely understand there's not people going out there. The, the CEO of the startup company down the road isn't saying daily operational freelance services into Google. Like my <laughs> clients aren't going to come from Google searches, right? I want my clients to hear about me and then go search me on Google and then read up on me. But my, my leads aren't going to come from Google searches. My leads are going to come from doing things like this, getting on podcasts. LinkedIn. I, I stay on LinkedIn and, mm -hmm. and I knew that LinkedIn was going to be my go-to. You know, that's why uh, in the last four weeks, you know, I've doubled my LinkedIn followers by actually engaging with people and getting on LinkedIn, Yeah, Facebook and Instagram and that type of stuff. Like I lead revenue manages that for me. I'm completely happy with that, but I right. know like LinkedIn's going to be my baby going out here and networking with people. is going to be mm -hmm. my baby. Like, that's where my stuff is going to come from. It's not going to come from people Googling operational services from home. Like that's just, that's <laughs> not going to happen. No. And that, that brings to a great point. Cause I mean, uh, my previous guest, one of my previous guests, uh, Cassidy Johnson, we, we, we went into a long length on LinkedIn. We, we both drank the Kool-Aid Kool -Aid on that, that platform. But you know, that's really important to, you know, to all companies out there that, uh, you know, ma making social media, uh, you've got to figure out who your client base is, who your cu customer base is, and you got to meet them where they are. And, you know, you know, each one of the social media platforms has its own niche. And, you know, you're not going to be successful on, on every one of them. But if you're a B2B, uh, you know, business model, you have to be on LinkedIn. Because that's Absolutely. the, I mean, that's the social media network for professionals and it's the largest, you know? So, uh, people that don't have a good LinkedIn presence, um, that are B2B customers, uh, I think they're sorely missing the mark, you know? And to your point, you know, I, I think it's probably easy for you because you're a writer, <laughs> but having that great content is, is important as well. So, um, and I've seen, I've seen you. Uh, frequently, you know, pop up on my feed about, uh, you know, hey, there's a new post from from Jeff today, you know, so I think you're doing a great job there. So, you know, I know you talked about, uh, you talked about where you get your clients, and, and we were talking about LinkedIn. Um, what kind of what kind of uh, CRM are you using right now? Is it Salesforce, HubSpot, anything like that? Or is it is it like a internal? Yeah, so what I'm using right now is called FreshBooks, and it's a an accounting software with a project CRM yeah. kind of included. And uh, I think that's going to have to evolve eventually. Um, I want to use something like a Builder Prime type CRM, which is very easy for team management. But uh, I, I stay on the Google platform. We stay within that kind of that kind of place for now. And, and again, 
this is one of the conversations that we're having back and forth is maybe um maybe I don't want to grow too much for a while. Maybe I'm content with managing this thing and uh, because here's where a lot of companies kind of don't look at both sides. I could probably as an owner and less personnel and they can all make more money. Right. And I think because of your model, when you offer, offer all those services, you know, you're basically, you're dedicating Absolutely. that time to that client. So yeah, I can see where that would be a, uh, a bottleneck. Uh, you know, if you take on too many, then you, you're, you just don't have the, the bandwidth to handle the, you know, without, you know, <laughs> eventually having an entire warehouse size factory of people, you know, on, on the phone constantly. Yeah, with absolutely. People, so. and, and again, I think the, I think what, what needs to be the focus is we're, it's, we're temporary, right? Like no one wants to hire a freelance operational service full time. You eventually want to hire somebody for that service. So you bring people like us in who help you get to that point and then even help you find the person for that position you know and and then we move on and, and help because there's always going to be startups there's always going to be companies that need help um and i think again maybe greedy is not the word um but like a lot of companies are focused so much on especially the b2b is what's my what's my arr and what's recurring and i could very easily look at that mindset and say you know if i get 300 clients with a $2,500 a month uh, fee and offer this many services and I do this many people employed per this many, I could be a $9 million company with paying all these people the, what they should get paid and have a 23% net profit. Like very quickly, I can see where people say, you know what, that'd be great. I would love to have a $9 million company. But quite frankly, what I'm more uh, interested in is not getting shot at no more and spending time with my family and having a means to having a means to survive. <laughs> right. And actually doing what I like doing, which is business, you know, and yeah. And I, and I think that, again, I think it's a very unique business, uh, business plan that you have because, uh, as an entrepreneur, um, and, and having helped, uh, other small businesses get off the ground, there's so many, aspects of doing business that people don't think about you know there's a lot of people that have plenty of money to start a business but uh they have no acumen you know they have no no experience of you know whether uh, i think the biggest biggest thing is comes around with finance you know uh handling their books you know uh invoicing um doing taxes i mean they don't understand you know how how much red tape there is just on the legal and financial side that if they don't do things right and, and again it just depends on their industry as well they you know if you're in manufacturing you got osha you got all these other things you have to think about and, and they don't necessarily think of those so having this business model where you provide basically all of those services um is i think is a great is, is a great way of uh, easing the uh, the pain and and at the same time to your point uh getting that business owner or that business uh the, you know the entrepreneur up to speed about with with the tools that he's gonna he or she's gonna need to run that business going forward yeah and i i think a lot of people focus on how do i get my revenue to go up and people need to realize that with revenue going up your expenses have to go up as well it's not just a bunch of free money that you get like you have to be able to have you have to produce what you sell 
no matter what business you're in, you have to produce what you sell. And if you're not operationally functional, like you can't do that. And, and I think that one of the things that helped me get to this model is while I took a job as a chief production officer and oversaw production and, and, and money, I very quickly as one of the only veterans in the company became the chief everything officer and I was doing everything. (laughs) And then I realized that there's, and this was a startup company. And then I realized like every startup company is a chief everything officer because they can't afford to hire a full-time revenue manager. They can't afford to hire a full-time legal admin. I mean, you would think I've seen people panic over getting their first letter from a lawyer and it's just a simple response. It's you draft a response, legal correspondence, and send it back. It's a conversation on paper, right? Like you don't – and it's like, yeah, it's email. like we need to go hire a full-time <laughs> legal admin clerk now. Like, nah. I mean, unless you plan on doing some shady stuff and you need one full-time, like someone with the bandwidth can do that, you know? And that's – my concept is I can take these veterans who are – and, again, it's not – it's not every veteran, right? There's all kinds of veterans out there who won't be able to compete at this level and, and just won't. They're content with not doing this kind of stuff. But I'm going to be – I'm looking for the chief everything officers that are like, okay, let me take this on. And, oh, and I can do it from home? Oh, and you're going to pay me good? Okay, let's go. Like that's – and you know, and, and the guy exactly. I told you about, right? Yeah. Like the guy I told you about that came to my retirement was – was worked with me in Mar4Com. Yeah, he's my first full-time hire. I got him out of Lowe's. He's my first employee full-time. He's my director of media. I talked to him for a long time, and he had a background in YouTube and video and content, and it's like, wow. To If you just – and you're putting tools on a shelf right now. You know, you worked for a three-star general doing his correspondence. You worked with me for four years doing training admin and, and that correspondence. And yeah, he was my first full-time hire. Got him out of there. He's working from home. We meet every day. He's my director of media and he's going to be in three days when we do our launch, he's going to be showing, showing everything he's got to the world, you know? And I think that's fantastic. Like I, that's, I love that. Like, why not? Uh, And the goal isn't for me to go build a $4 million headquarters that looks cool on google maps like the goal is for me to spend time with my family people who work with me spend time with their family take care of companies and for them to say on a saturday night when they're in a panic and they say hey can i call jeff wonder if i could call jeff and he'll help me out and they give me a call on a saturday night and i say hey let's let's get this figured out there's a solution let's find a solution and not panic and let's let's go get it and i want to be that go-to person to where I'm not the owner or founder of proven valid professionals. I'm, Hey, can we call Jeff? I bet he can help us out. And I have companies I've worked for years ago that don't pay me a dime who still call me to this day asking for help. And I help them every single time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of those, that's, that's one of those marketing tactics that you can use. Um, I mean, if, if you're the, if you're the subject matter expert and you're reliable, uh, that's that's one key selling point for your company. I mean, and and uh, and that goes for and I, I say this in every conversation about marketing. You know, every member of the organization is a part of the marketing team because how you interact with the public and more importantly with the customers 
reflects on the overall culture within the company and what and you know there's there's you know if it's a negative negative interaction that 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 client is going to you know place that stigma on the entire company you know you, you represent the company at any point and that's even on your spare time and your social media so um you know there's so much stuff going out there with political views and all that sort of thing and uh, if you're a professional these days you've got to you got to weigh those do i really want to you know engage in a conversation on on you know twitter uh is it really worth me you know, potentially uh tarnishing the reputation that i've built so you know since spent so much time building so yeah i mean it's that's a great testament to to your work ethic and the culture within your company yeah and and the other part to it as well is i'm just not i just can't i mean i just don't settle well i just i don't like to stay still i don't like to you know obviously like i I went from being a full-time wanting to be a full-time writer to wanting to fill executive leadership roles to start my own company like i want to i want to be able to move around and do stuff and so i think 15 like like we'll say 15% of the reason I don't want to be a massive company either is uh, I'm still completely intrigued with business and I want to be able to pursue additional revenue streams like publishing. I would love to get out there and help veterans publish their own books and their own novels. And you can't do that and help them out if you're tied up leading a $10 million company every day, you know? So I don't, I just think there's so much opportunity out there for helping people out and, and getting, helping people do things that they don't normally can do, like publishing a book or, you know, running their own, running their own business and running their own type of thing. And so I think that that's something I don't want to close that. I don't want to close that chapter either. So I don't know. I'm content with just being a 15, 20 client company of, a handful of people working hard and you know going from there seeing what happens well uh man i think that we could talk all day <laughs> i think like i said you just have such a unique business model that that there's so many different facets that uh you get into and i mean i don't even think we we probably touched on half of them at this point you know but uh yeah, I mean, I, I I think that I think that what you're doing right now, like I said, is is you have a great unique business model, and I think that it's very uh, it's very needed again because there's there's so many new businesses starting up after the pandemic and stuff. There's a lot of people that just decided to be entrepreneurs, and it's kind of a it's 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 in a way it's kind of a new not industrial revolution, but it's a it's a new you know. Uh, if you want to say baby boom for, for new companies. Right. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting again, how many are still around, um, in a few years. And, and that's normally the fact. I mean, uh, if you can normally, if you can survive the first year, then you're at least, yeah, that's, that's, that's half of it. <laughs> Cause you know, you're not making any money. If you can survive three years to five years, you're doing, you're doing good because again, you're not really supposed to be making any money. Uh, no one expects you to, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a matter of keep going and, and to your point, making sure that your team, whether it's, whether it's an external team, uh, or an, or an internal, 
you know, employee base is, is doing what they're supposed yeah, to be doing. And let's take it to, let's take it to back to the veteran community. I am absolutely just how many, how many active duty military people are opening businesses as well during the last couple of years. Like they're not fearing transition. They've already started their transition years out, you know, like how many flag wooden flag companies are out there. Or, I mean, they're just, people are out there just doing great things, you know, and another strategy is to look at that, right? Like, okay, I know I have probably a dozen friends who are still in the Marine Corps who've all opened their own flag shop, but which ones do I follow? Which ones do I really buy from and do I like? And they're all my friends. They all do good work. It's the people who are different and the people who are out there doing, doing the, the marketing and the stuff they need that is, that is now that is the stuff that they're doing videos doing videos with great content doing different i mean twisted oh my gosh those the, the twisted oak flag company i love that dude oh yeah. yeah it's just great man i i love it i love these veterans i love everyone who's starting on business but i love these veterans who are breaking the norm and while active duty still out there opening their own businesses and kicking ass at it yeah, I never thought that I'd be uh, opening a brewery, but you know, we did that. About, we started that process about five years ago, and uh, yeah, we're in the black after less than three. So it's been it's been interesting. But to your you know to your point, we probably could have used the company like like yours starting up, um, uh, you know, with all sorts of things. I ended up being that 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 see see yeah, everything every, guy, you absolutely. know, absolutely <laughs> chief everything officer, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, again, it, I, I think it, to your point, it, it does come down to the marketing of your company, whether it's word of mouth or if it's, you know, hardcore, uh, traditional, you know, advertising out there. Uh, as long as you know your market and you know that your, uh, your consumers are, you know, it makes sense to spend the money where you're spending it. Um, then go for it. But to your point that you said a long time ago, and I'm, I'm the same way I'm, I'm all about, you know, uh, benchmarking and, and following the data. I mean, I did, I did category management, which was fact-based selling, uh, for, for Avery, uh, years back. And, you know, it's, it's all about that. Um, it's all about that. Um, you know, letting the data speak for itself. You know, it, 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 you can't just put your experience, even if you have, you know, 30, 40 years of marketing experience, you can't assume that it's a cookie cutter approach. You got to follow what the actual data tells you, which was successful and which wasn't. Yeah, I, so I, I seen something the other day on that, on that Facebook group I was telling you about. And it, someone asked what sets you apart from everybody else. And, and someone says, I have over 50 years of marketing experience in, in the response to immediately from somebody else was, yeah, but it's 2021 and something that was great 50 years ago is irrelevant yeah. now, you know, and, and what have exactly, you done lately? You know, and, uh, <laughs> my story yeah. brand, uh, that's, I will always push that the, the, my story free service. Uh, people are going to buy because of you you can have the best product that's the best priced that's at the top of the google but they're always going to buy you what you give them right like i i made it a point 
And and that's the first thing that Dave Ramsey coaching crew kind of told me was like uh, to, to be careful. But I've made a point very early on, like I would never use my Purple Heart to gain business, right? Like I it just I refuse mm-hmm. to, to allow that. But there is a story and a concept of, of who a person is that if you tell that story and people get to learn the real you and what makes you tick, they'll buy stuff from you every day, you know? So that I'm huge on the, my story brand and telling your story and, and telling people who you are and how you tick and and what makes you, you and everything I've learned is from experience and, and trial by fire. And, and even that sometimes isn't enough, but I, you know, you try to do, you try to do the best you can do and, people always buy you they don't it's not all about your product it's about you and the story behind you and what makes you tick yeah i i find it frequently that if if a company always falls back on its veteran status or the person you know being a disabled veteran or whatever that is um i think that's a weak approach to business that shows that you're struggling and that you your your product isn't you know, it doesn't stand on its own. If you have to, if you have to kind of pander, if you want to call it, uh, you're not, you better, you need to either find a new line of work or close your business or, or, you know, take a look at your, uh, your mission statement and see how you can, you can tweak your operations to, to better focus around the, the product or service that you're, you're offering to the, to the, you know, the consumer. Yeah, the absolutely. I'll, I'll always fall back on, you know, what I want to happen is when one of these companies are going through a hard time, if the first thing they they say is like, hey, let me give Jeff a call. I think he can help us out. I think that's that's the victory right there of of being the approachable go-to problem solver. And every company needs one of those. Well, it's been great talking to you, Jeff. Um, you got a great company going on over there. I think you've got a solid plan for, for your marketing and you know who – you are and who your business is and um we we wish you the best of luck and success with your company yeah brother i appreciate it well this has been uncle sam's marketing channel uh join me the next time i've got a quite a few people that are lined up uh some really interesting interviews coming on not not that jeff wasn't interesting but uh (laughs) you know we'll be having him back on here but again i appreciate you guys listening to me uh you can you can uh, find me on uh, Podbean, that's where my platform is. But uh, if you look me up at usmc.fm, uh, that's on my website. That's Facebook. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's uh, usmc.fm. And uh, follow me anywhere that you listen. Uh, I'm on, I'll be on YouTube a couple of times too, uh, depending on you know video quality and that sort of thing. So uh, you know, check me out on there too. So if you'd like to be a guest, please reach out to me on any of those platforms and I'd be happy to book you as well. So until next time, we'll say Semper Fidelis and have a great day.